Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Horses with me, Meg Parkinson, and this is another audio lesson. It's uh, part two of Let's Talk About the AIDS, and it's a continuation of understanding how our AIDS work when we ride our horses. Hope you enjoy, and I'll see you on the other side. Hi guys, so this is part two of my little mini series on AIDS pressure, keeping our horses responsive. So part one was all about how we apply pressure and the timings of the release. And this one is going to be a slightly shorter episode and it's about the levels of pressure. So if you look into different kinds of horse training whether it's pirelli or just general natural horsemanship or all the way through to um traditional horse training we have different levels of pressure that we can use the first thing is is each horse will will respond differently to a different type of pressure so i'm going to talk about those two first so you've got in Pirelli they call it a porcupine pressure which is kind of like a sharp pokey pressure that can be kind of like a leg on and off and I'm going going back to the leg again because it's just an easy example to use but try to use like try to see it as, as all over so it can be like a it's a bit of a leg on and off it's a it's it's a sharp aid not necessarily harsh or strong but it's a moment in time and then it's a release. And that could be a repetitive, leg on and off, leg on and off, leg on and off, um, or just one. But that kind of like sharper staccato kind of aid is one kind of pressure that you use. And you can do that with rain, you can do that with your seat, you can do it with anything, you can do it with even your voice, a kind of sharp staccato. And then the other aid is more of a supportive aid, which is more of what you would know as kind of a squeeze, where there is a is a slow, continuous level of pressure that's holding the horse in a certain way and then released. And that's a lot kind of more of a, of a hug from the legs and can feel more supportive to the horse. And depending on the horse's preference or dislike, some horses you could hug till the cows come home and it wouldn't bother them enough to think about trying to remove that pressure. So they would just continue doing what they were doing before. And some horses will not like that sensation of squeeze and will try to get rid of that, like try, try to respond to get rid of that. Whereas you'll have a horse that might, um, again, the staccato kind of pressure will will bug them enough that they'll need to do something about it. And other horses, it won't bother them in the slightest. So first of all, you've got to kind of try to work out from your horse what kind of pressure works for them. What kind of pressure grabs their attention and says, oh, I need to do something about this. And what kind of pressure do they ignore? Because if they ignore it, it isn't a very useful pressure to use. So you might as well just put that in your pocket and maybe bring it out later, but stop using it now because you're just, you're just kind of desensitising your horse even more. 
so working out the kind of pressure you need to use for your horse and I depending on the horse I ride will depend on the kind of pressure that I use so some of my horses will be very much a wrap my leg around supportive pressure and that gives that kind of gives them the initiative to move and some of my horses will be very much on off staccato pressure and you and you just need to have a little bit of a play to see which one works and first of all that can be where people get stuck is they don't realize there's two kinds of pressure that you can use and so they only use ever use one pressure and if you've got if that's the kind of pressure your horse doesn't really pay attention to that's also why you can feel a bit stuck so that's one thing to realize and then the other thing is to realize that there's there's levels of pressure so again coming back to Pirelli because they use quite good descriptions in what they talk about is you have kind of air hair air, and I'll say this out air a-i-r air hair h-a-i-r skin and muscle so the first kind of pressure is effectively just creating pressure by moving into the airspace of your horse so you might not even have to touch them remember our horses are super super sensitive as i always say to my riders they can feel a fly land on their side and they'll twitch it off so they can certainly feel a tiny amount of pressure from your leg or your or the pressure of the air being parted by them you know sometimes when you know someone's behind you but you haven't seen them you know someone's there that's you being aware of their pressure around you their presence around you in their in your air space so that's air hair pressure is a fly landing kind of like the slightest amount of touch to your horse that maybe would move their hair but wouldn't get into their skin so that's hair and then you've got skin pressure so that's where you are making now a bit more contact with their skin and then you've got muscle which is that like where you're getting like an indent so there's those four kind of very simple pressures and within that there's a whole different levels of each and when you start working with these you'll start to notice it but what does that make you think if you let's go back to your leg aid do you have in your toolbox those four different pressures or do you just automatically always just use one pressure so one form of leg aid one amount of muscle and when I first learned this, I was like, wow, there's like a whole world of subtlety with my aids that I could be playing with that I'm certainly missing out on. So that's, that was the first thing that I that thought. But then it was learning the order. So giving our horses a chance to respond. And this is really, really key because we can assume our horses are going to need one level of pressure when actually if we gave them a chance they might might respond to the slightly lesser level so you could think well i have to use muscle muscle level of pressure to get my horse moving 
But actually, if you were honest with yourself, you probably thought, have I actually given them a chance to respond to a skin level pressure? Have I, have I thought enough about the amount of pressure I'm using with my aid to even give them a chance to respond to that? So first of all, we need to relearn how we apply our aids that actually very quickly, so you can't hang around doing this, but very quickly gives the horse a chance to respond to the slightly lesser pressure before you go into the stronger pressure. So you're not always just automatically having to use a strong pressure or automatically assuming your horse isn't going to go off the lighter pressure. And then also we can have this like magical goal in our head that we are going to teach our horses to go off the lighter pressure. So, and how do we do that? So this is where timing again comes into, into play, but it's also where a, a bit of awareness comes into play. So let's talk about, so if you asked your horse to come forward to halt, for example, and your aim wanted to be that you would get them to walk on off of air. So off of the tiniest twitch of your leg that kind of rippled the air around their sides to make them, to get them to go forwards. That would be your aim. But you might be sitting there right now going, but Meg, I have to use like the strongest bit of leg to get this to happen. How do I get from that to that? How do I get there? So you ask your horse to hold. And first of all, you use air. So you use, you always start your request with your, with the aid you ideally want to be using forevermore. So don't start your request with the aid that you don't want to use anymore. So maybe the strong rate. That aid might still need to come into the request, but it isn't the one that you start with. So if you want to start, if you want to aim to get to air, which ultimately all of us want to use the least amount of pressure on our horses as possible, because like in part one, I said, pressure isn't nice for our horses. So the less pressure we can use, the better. So you might start by just twitching your legs, moving the air around their sides. And I'm doing that right now. And Apple's like looking at me going, well, I ain't doing anything and we haven't moved. So then what I'm going to do is you start to move this, the hair on their sides and Apple's walked on. So I release. Your horse might not walk on at that point. So then you start to build up and move the skin on their sides. At that point, your horse might walk on. So you release. Or then you might have to build up and use the muscle. And at that point, your horse will walk on. And some of you might have to actually give them a little tap. And then your horse might walk on. And then you release. And then we halt again. And you go through exactly the same process, but maybe a little quicker. So you go air, hair, and see skin, muscle, and see which point, and then release. And make sure you release the second they try to walk on. And then you halt again. And you go air. And I've just done air and apples walked on. And the process of that has been, she's gone. If I go to air, hair doesn't happen. I don't have to be touched to walk on. She now just has to move my air around me and I walk on. Because that's much nicer for her. Because she doesn't want me to move her hair. She would rather me just move her air. And it's just three repetitions, so I'll hold her again. I'll give her a chance, air, hair. And this time, I gave her, I didn't even get to skin, I gave her a little tap. And the reason I did that was, is because she now is starting to understand what, I, what I'm asking of her. 
So I'm going to say I'm not even going to get to the stronger aids because I know you can do this. So I want you to walk on off the smaller aids. So then I'm going to ask her to halt again. And I'm going to go air and she walks on. Because she doesn't want the tap and she doesn't want the leg, the strong leg. And then when I want her to walk a bit faster, I'm going to go air, skin and the tap hair I meant I'm not even going to get to skin and then I'm going to go air and she walks faster just with me moving my legs by her sides but not even touching her because now she's like she can feel that she can feel that she's sensitive enough but she just didn't realize before that when I did that I wanted her to do something but also I wasn't giving her the option to do something from that because I was going straight in with hair now she's got air again so those levels of pressure is something you can seriously play around with with your horse now i'm just going to put a little side note here if you want your horse to move off of air you need to be blooming sure that you're not going to be moving your legs at any other time than when you want them to move because if you want your horse to move off air, but then you're swinging your legs around and you're kind of letting them jangle around at other times, you are giving your horse mixed signal. So it's the same as the release. Your the legs moving in an airway when you want them, and then they should be seriously still in between. So that comes to like positional control. But you might think, well, my legs aren't that still at the moment Meg so I'm going to go for hair and you've just good girl you've just got to make sure that you aren't accidentally touching her hair at other times and if you do accidentally touch her hair and she trots they trot she he they trot away from you you don't tell them they were wrong because you they they were right you did it it was you that was wrong you accidentally touched their hair so the type of pressure, let's recap. The type of pressure you use with your aid, sharp staccato pressures, or more of a slow squeeze will really ch change the way your horse responds depending on which one bothers them the most. And then the level of pressure that you use and always, always starting your request with the ideal level of, level of pressure that you want to eventually be using. Even if right now, you don't think you're going to get the response from that level of pressure, you always start your request with that. So if it's a halt from your, you don't want to use your reins, I start my halt from pushing into both stirrup treads at the same time, squeezing with my thighs and my glutes, and then my reins finish. Now, I do that every single time, if I have to. But by repeating that now, all I do is push my weight into my stirrup treads and my horse stops. I don't even have to squeeze her back anymore. I don't have to squeeze her reins. She stops off the stirrup treads because she knows if she stops off of that, she doesn't get the rest. She just has to stand, she just stops. And I don't even have to touch her mouth then. And then I can wiggle my lower leg without touching her side and she can walk on. 
and you can choose it you can go i'm going to do it completely off voice so if you wanted to start to teach your horse to stop off your voice your first thing would be whatever you wanted to say to them you could say peanuts bananas or well you could do whatever you want this is your what this is your training but you can make the noise of what you want then apply the push of the stirrups then apply the squeeze of the legs then apply the hands at the last thing but the make the noise will be the thing that that does should the horse will start to go oh every time she makes that noise she means stop so if I stop when she makes that noise I won't even get I won't get any pressure on my mouth through repetition and through real serious body awareness from you and awareness from the way your horse is responding and through your timing of your release I promise you you can change any horse into a much more sensitive forward thinking active animal but it's just understanding actually what your aids are doing so I re- I'm aware this is a really short episode. I would, I've done it short because I think I would really love you to go back and listen to it again because there's a lot of information in a very short space of time. But when I learned this, these two episodes, these last two episodes, when I learned these things, I didn't learn them until I'd been riding for like 20 years. It wasn't, it wasn't something I was taught as a kid. It was not something I was taught even in early adult. I learned it in my 20s. And when I learned them, it changed my riding. It changed my horse training. It changed my relationship with my horses. It changed my coaching. It changed everything. And I suddenly understood why some riders could get on a horse and they'd move brilliantly and other riders would switch them off i understood why and you might have natural timing i was blessed with the fact that i had an idiot of a horse when i was a youngster so i couldn't ride accidentally using my legs because he was a twat so if i put my leg on in any sort of way if i accidentally touched his sides we were in timbuktu so I very much learned very quickly that I had to release my, my leg aids and release my aids to get him to be calm and then only put my leg on when needed and be very sure that that was the only time I needed it. So I actually learned timing in a kind of a sub, in an unconscious way. And then, but I, because I learned it in an unconscious way, I had no idea I was doing it. So when I was coaching and teaching, I just it there was there was this block there was this break in the puzzle of why and how why do these people why can I get on this horse little me I'm not very big I'm five foot three get on a massive great horse and they go off my leg and without very much effort they're going and I'm not having to kill myself but then someone like a big bloke could get on that same horse who's twice as strong as me wrap their legs around the horse but never release them and the horse not go anywhere and you kind of think what's going on and it's completely in the timing it's not in the strength of the aids it's nothing it's in that timing and then it comes down to and then you take it even more subtly the kind of the aid that you're using whether it's a staccato or a slow hug and then even more so can you really really get that body control over yourself to then start to bring in the level of the aid 
And through repetition, I promise you, you will get it and it will be rider training, life training. So listen to this episode again. Listen to episode one again. Have a little play with it with your horse out on a hack or whatever. In the school, whatever you want to do. Let me know what you found, what it's made you think about and what you need help with. And if you, if it is this there, but not quite there, if you need me to kind of like finishing touches off, whatever it is. And if there's any bits that you didn't quite understand, please contact me and I will try to shape them in a different way so you do understand them. Um, and if there are any particular kind of, if you're like, yeah, that really works like that, Meg, but this doesn't work, let me know what this is and I will try to help you through that too. Um, and yeah, ultimately see whether see how understanding truly how your aids work helps you and your horse i hope you have a great rest of your ride and rest of your day and hope to hear from you soon hi me again just a little reminder that if you enjoy my content and want to learn more, join my community and basically further your knowledge in both horses and your own rider position, I have opened the doors to my new online riding club and you can get involved too for £15 a month you can have access to so much information, teachings, lessons from equi-stretch sessions through to um, private podcast, schooling ideas, audio lessons and so, so much more. So the link is in the show notes. Um, head over there and I'd love to see you as part of the community.